I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV's Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch show. We know it's been a while, but we are finally back. Elgin Gunner, haven't seen you guys in a while. Are you excited to finally talk about the show again? Oh, man, I'm so excited to be back. Absolutely. We are on one of my favorite episodes of this series. All right, guys. So joining me today, as always, we have our Earthbender, Gunner Texera. Super excited to be back. And Elgin, who is still our newbie for this show. This is still the first time he's watched it. And he has promised us that even though we've been off for the last two weeks, he has not watched ahead. So Elgin, I am really hoping that that is a true statement and you haven't watched ahead. It's so hard not to... (laughs) so hard i'm so yes. impressed i'm so glad this yeah so we have gunner our earthbender elgin our waterbender and me eric i'm your host our resident firebender all right guys so we're really excited to be talking about these episodes today we're going to be talking about episodes 17 and 18 the northern air temple and the waterbending master and i know gunner has been really looking forward to talking about the waterbending master. He tells me all the time, he tells me all the time how excited he is. So Elgin, are you ready to jump into episode 17, the Northern Air Temple? You know what? I, this episode was, it was just like a cool, regular episode, you know, nothing too major happened until the end. I'm really more so interested about episode 18. But I did like the slow moments of this episode before things got a little bit um, gigantic or crazy in the next episode. So yeah, I like this episode a lot. Yeah, I agree with you there. This episode is a much slower episode for me. Mm -hmm. This is one of the ones I would probably have skipped over if we weren't doing a full rewatch of this show right now. Because Mm -hmm. to me, there's really only one big thing that happens in this for them to keep going later on in the series. So are you guys ready to mm-hmm. jump in? Oh, of course. All right. So for some reason, they're heading to the Northern Air Temple. They're in a Northern Air Temple area, which I was kind of thrown off by the geography of where that was. I thought that was mm-hmm. a bit further away than out of their way. But anyway, episode opens up and they group are sitting around at a fire listening to stories. And someone says there are airbenders still at one of the air temples. So naturally they're going to go and check this out mm-hmm. obviously ang is very upset when he finds out that they're not really airbenders and elgin this is kind of heartbreaking for him a little bit he got his hopes mm-hmm. so high that there were going to be some airbenders left and it's just kind of for lack of a better word kind of just imitation people how did you feel when like did you get your hopes up did you think that there were going to be actual airbenders especially seeing them flying the way that we see ang fly yeah i thought you know ang was gonna get that you know final like yes there's more people like me so i did feel really bad for him when there was nobody there that was an airbender so I really felt them there in that moment but it was also cool to see that there are people that were kind of mimicking airbenders in a sense so it's kind of like that was kind of cool yeah you're right I was very happy Uh, I was actually kind of happy that they weren't actual airbenders Mm -hmm. because I was like no I like the fact that Aang is alone on his journey except for Mm -hmm. Katara and Sokka so 
Aang the group, they quickly land there. Aang is showing that he is not happy that these people are, in his words, they're kind of making a mockery of Mm -hmm. the air nomads. Like the fact that when they walk into the temple, there's pipes going everywhere. He says, this was a history, this wall was a history of my people. And there's Mm -hmm. pipes going in, the paintings are ruined. And they see one area that they think is untouched and a wrecking ball comes right through it, right in front of (laughs) Aang. And that is so heartbreaking for me to actually see that. And we find out that the one place that isn't touched is the air, I believe it's just the air sanctuary, which is the only place mm-hmm. that in Ava- that the airbenders can enter. So that was that was a little bit of a hope spot for us, thinking that that <laughs> wasn't going to be touched. And then that gets ruined for us real quick. So we quickly meet the mechanist, who is Tio's father, who Tio is actually a boy in a wheelchair. That mm-hmm. I, I like the fact that they never draw attention to him not being able to use his legs at all. And I like that they adapted him to be able to fly, like with everybody else. I thought that was such a cool touch. Gunnar, what did you think of that? All right. Oh, so absolutely El- incredible. The show is... Go ahead. Go ahead. The show is really good about showing representation of people with any kind of handicap. And it's really impressive. And I'm really... I like seeing that from all the different aspects that they do. Yeah, so we quickly learn that Tio's father, the mechanist, built him um, the new glider to modify for his chair. And we learn through his conversation with Sokka that they're both geniuses. He is such a good inventor. He's made these really small machines that work around, like that mm-hmm. help them get on with their lives, like elevators. He has made a candle that tells the time, which so- even Sokka is very impressed by that. <laughs> and then we quickly have Aang open up the air sanctuary and it's just full of Fire Nation weaponry. Elgin, how did you feel when you saw that? Like, how did you feel when they, we had that reveal happen? <laughs> oh, man, I'm just like, here, here's this guy doing all these amazing things for his people, and then mm-hmm. invented this, like, cool mechanism for his child, and then you see all of that, like, you're kind of like a sellout, dude. Like, <laughs> why? Why did you have to help the firebender? <laughs> no, that's so true, because you kind of feel bad for him in a little bit because uh-huh. he says when they first got there, they were peaceful. They were just building by like, they were just there for themselves. And then suddenly mm-hmm. the fire nation comes and says, we will destroy this temple with all of you in it. And he says, if I work for you, do you promise not to hurt my people and get rid of our new home? So he's kind of really caught like, mm-hmm. do I say no to the fire nation and have my people become refugees or killed again? Or, mm-hmm. Do I build them weapons and have a nice life for my people? So he's really stuck in a bad place there. And honestly, I don't know how I would have reacted to mm-hmm. those decisions there for me. Like Gunner, how would you have reacted there? Oh, it's a rock and a hard place, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's even a question, can you be a part of a war on either side? Even if this would have been for the Earth Kingdom mm-hmm. or for the Water Tribe, can you say that's even any better, like having a part in that? No, yeah. That's he really is just stuck between two options that aren't good options either way. So the Fire Nation comes, and with the help of Sokka, Katara, and Aang, the refugees finally start to fight back against the Fire Nation. And this, I didn't realize that it was this late that we saw the introduction of the Fire Nation tanks. Like, I, Wait, thought, really? that was, I thought that happened a couple episodes earlier, and I was like, oh, 
So I was pleasantly surprised when it was this episode where they finally showed up. And Gunnar, do you think that is definitely an invention by him? Like that's not something that just the Fire Nation created? Yes, because we see that with Tio. Tio? Tio? Yes. I think it's Tio, yeah. Yeah, because we get to see more guitars, awesome waterbending skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we finally got a little bit of waterbending in there, but the episode kind of is a nothing episode for me. The real only mm-hmm. takeaway that we have from this is that Sokka and the Mechanist destroy part of the mountain, essentially, by dropping a gas-made fire that was holding up their warship into a cavern that had natural gas. And the last thing we see in this episode is just the Fire Nation finding the fallen warship and them saying this will lead the way to many of our victories so this is is this am i wrong but is this the first episode that really ends on a downer note and a fire nation victory i think this might be the first episode where we're like oh the fire nation now might have the upper hand here Mm -hmm. yeah that was my first thought when i finished that episode yeah so Really, this episode is very lackluster for me. The Fire Nation getting the airship is really the only thing that I care about in this episode. Gunner, do you have any mm-hmm. other thoughts on anything really to take away from this? Even you too, Elgin. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway from this episode, and I think throughout the series so far with the Fire Nation, is that they're, they're kind of like subverting a lot of good things that could help people in the episode for example i think in this episode the inventions that the mechanist makes you know i I think they're good things for for every single tribe to take advantage of but then the the negative factor in that is that the fire nation kind of takes those things and subvert it for for evil means and i think throughout the season so far is that you've seen that the fire nation takes these things from these people that could uh, be good but then they subvert it for their own means of you know taking down an avatar or trying to oppress other people so it's really like these things are put in place in each episode and it's like it could be used for good or evil so I think that's one of the biggest things that I took away from this episode yeah that's a really good point Elgin mm-hmm. whereas the mechanist could have been making all of these inventions for everyone and yet mm-hmm. it just so happens that the fire nation the bad guys in this case were the ones who got their hands on everything first. Gunnar, do you have mm-hmm. any other thoughts before we move on? No, but that's a very excellent point. And to see if that can come back around later, if they'll start helping more on the side of good for this battle. Mm-hmm. So since this episode was a pretty lackluster one, uh, one thing Gunnar wanted to talk about were a couple of the different inventions that the mechanist actually makes. I have a short list here, Gunnar, if you want me to lead this, or if you have a list of your own for some things that he had created. Well, major highlights we see are obviously the gliders are mm-hmm. awesome. I call, I call them um, snap clock, uh, clock candles because they're yep. little puffers. Uh, and <laughs> obviously our war balloons. I think those are some of the three biggest takeaways. We, have, we will wait to decide if those tanks are his invention as well. And then obviously a wheelchair glider as well for his son. Yeah, like I said at the beginning of this, I love the fact that they made Tio not be able to use his legs but mm-hmm. because they're not really taking on the life of the airbenders, but they're taking on how they were able to get around. So it's kind of as if he has, like the mechanist says, they have a second life up in the air. I thought that was such a brilliant thing for the writers to do in this episode. So do either of you guys have any last thoughts before we move on to bingo for this episode? No, I'm ready for bingo. Okay, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, Ryan, if you can pull up the bingo board for this episode, please. Guys, do you think we got bingo in this episode or not? No way. No. We did not, but we were we were incredibly close with this because we do not have Zuko in this episode. If we had had Zuko talking about his honor, we would have had bingo for this. All right, so for our viewers at home and our audio listeners, our bingo board across the top is Waterbending, Ang in Disguise, The Cabbage Man, Zuko Angry, and Earthbending. And in this episode, we only got Waterbending for when Katara is using the snow to take down some of the tanks. Our second row is we have Avatar Roku, Zuko talking about his honor, Sokka yelling whatever is happening to him, the Mm -hmm. bison whistle being used, and Katara talking about her mother. So for this one, we had Sokka screaming that the airship is going down when it's actually going down. I was like, thanks, Sokka. Like, we couldn't see that happening. On row three, we have Katara being angry. All four elements are used in the same episode. Our free space, new, uh, excuse me, new people are introduced or lightning bending. And in this, we had a couple new people. We had, uh, excuse me, I'm on the wrong episode there. We had Tio, who is the main character of the group there. We have the Mechanist, and we have the Fire Nation General, who I don't think we actually ever learned his name for that. On row four, we have Zuko getting mocked, Iroh drinking Mm -hmm. tea, the Avatar state being used, Boomerang makes an appearance, or Yip Yip is said. And for this, since we were so low, I gave us the Boomerang showing up because he technically does throw it, on a rope to Aang for them to catch to get off the ship or to get off the ship when it's falling. And on the fifth and final row, we have firebending, a new animal is introduced, gullible Fire Nation soldiers, a flashback, and airbending. And in this, we had firebending, which the firebenders do through the tank, which is another cool thing I think they do where they kind of mm-hmm. encase themselves so they're not easy to get attacked. We have a new animal, and for this new animal, it is one of the rare ones. It's just called a hermit crab, but this one has fur on its legs instead of <laughs> just being fleshy. And then we have airbending, which is obvious with Aang. So fleshy. we were we were very close. <laughs> fleshy, you're, that was a wrong word there. So we were so close. If Zuko had shown up, I'm sure we would have gotten it this week. All right, mm-hmm. so Gunner, you're going to take it over here. Guys, if you have any reviews for us on iTunes and you want us to shout it out, Go ahead and leave a five-star rating for us, and Gunner will read one out on the air for you, just like he's going to do right now. Gunner, go ahead and take it away. We want to give a big, huge shout-out to one of our newest reviews by Katie Kiss 141 Thank you so much for giving us a five-star review right here on iTunes, and make sure all of you guys are doing the exact same thing. Or if you want to continue the conversation with any of us on social media, you can use the hashtag, hashtag Sozin's Comments. Mm-hmm. And for Katie Kiss 141 she says she just finished the season, and the whole time she's on the edge of her seat. She's not going to give any spoilers away, but man, is it good. Now that they have a podcast, I am very, she's very excited, and she can't wait for more episodes. And Katie, neither can we. Yes, thank you so much, Katie. And like I said before, guys, if you want your review read out on air, go ahead and read us a five-star review. We're going to read at least one per episode. So thank you guys so much. All right, are you guys ready to jump in to Gunner's favorite no, episode of I'm this so season? <laughs> All right, everyone. So we are now jumping into episode 18, The Waterbending Master. Like I said, Gunner has been texting me about this episode so much. I, I can't wait to hear your personal thoughts. Besides what you've texted me, I cannot wait to hear what you have to say for this. So when I was watching this episode, I was pausing it so often to take notes because there's so many side stories that are happening. We have, <sighs> finally, we've reached the Northern Water Tribe. 
There is the mm-hmm. sexist waterbending um, politics that they have going on there. Sokka and Yue are starting to talk and flirt with each other. And then on the side, we have Zhao taking over the hunt for the Avatar, stealing everything right out from Zuko's feet. So which of these do you guys want to talk about first? Elgin, which, since you're the newbie, yeah. which do you mm-hmm. want to tackle first here? They tried to murder my boy, though. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yo, that was yeah. I definitely would have said I could not remember if they revealed Zuko, Zuko lived in this episode or if it was the next. I was really hoping they that they were going to reveal it was the next episode, so you were just going to be so stressed out. All right, so <laughs> quickly to go over the Zuko storyline, we have Zuko is just sitting on his ship. Iroh is singing a wonderful song with his crew members, and Zhao arrives and. Zhao has announced that he has finally figured out the Avatar is heading north. Oh, I wonder where he's going. He, Zhao finally puts it together that he is heading to the Northern Water Tribe to learn waterbending, where he's been following him for how long, and he has seen him only using airbending. So I'm like, how have you not realized he still has to master the other elements? But I digress. <laughs> anyway, so Zhao comes aboard Zuko's ship and tells him, I'm taking your crew. I'm taking pretty much everybody that's available in the Fire Nation. And I am going to the Northern Water Tribe to beat you to getting the Avatar. And he finds Zuko's swords. Elgin, what was your reaction when Zhao pieced together that he is the blue spirit? What did, how was your reaction to that? I thought he was about to try to kill him on the spot. I was <laughs> like, yo, like we're about to get like a dope firebending scene right now but i don't know it it was insane i was like yeah he's not getting away with this one this time like you Mm -hmm. literally fought against your own people to get the avatar yourself but it was insane i thought it was crazy and i thought he was even more crazy about how the way Zhao went to try to kill zuko it was insane yes so quickly going into that at the very end of this scene um, Zhao extends an invitation with Iroh to accompany him since Iroh is such a renowned general in the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. Zhao's like, I would love for you to come conquer this city with me. And then next scene we see is Zhao meeting with the pirates. And Gunner and I have seen this episode before, so we knew this was coming. But still, I was like, oh, right. The pirates have to do <sighs> Zhao's own dirty work instead of himself. <laughs> so Zhao hires the pirates to blow up Zuko's ship, hopefully killing him. And it looked pretty successful. Like this was one of the few instances of fire mending we actually have in this but episode. Yes. Oh, Elgin, I was oh, really hoping that I you didn't see it. I saw, I rewinded it two times. I'm like, oh, he encased <laughs> himself in fire yes. to protect himself. I was really hoping that you would not have seen that. So you would have been panicking the entire episode or till the next if you didn't know Zuko lived. So the ship blows up and it looks like to the viewer's audience, except for Elgin, if unless you're going to rewind twice to go frame by frame to see his fate. It looks like Zuko's ship blows up and Iroh comes running back. And even rewatching this episode, I was like, Iroh was looking at essentially his second son dead again and there was nothing he could have done about that gunner i know you've seen this episode (laughs) yeah elgin it it gets very emotional oh wait oh my gosh it's 
Gunner, what was your reaction? Even seeing this for another time, how did you feel for Iroh there? I remember the very first time I watched this and I was like, did you just know? Because the moment I saw it happening and I saw the parrot bird, whatever we're going to call it, mm-hmm. I, I think of myself as Zuko thinking, wait, that's the pirate's parrot. Oh, no. And I remember myself, when I watched it, I rewinded it multiple times to see, wait, how did he survive this? Because are they just going to pull the whole, oh, it's, an anim- it's a cartoon, there's no explanation. <laughs> and you see the little fire bending. So I did the exact same yes. thing, Elgin. But Iroh, I just think about it now, I still watch it, and just imagine the heartbreak he must have felt. Like, Oh, yeah, the absolute despair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but then, again, this shows how quick-minded that Zuko is, that mm-hmm. he was able to encase himself in fire that fast for it's an explosion that happens in less than a few seconds and zuko was able to react to that so we quick yes elgin you have something you know what oh. yeah you know what that reminded me of because uh i like little details like that i don't know if you guys have seen endgame so i don't want to spoil it who but hasn't seen endgame at this who point? hasn't made seen over it. two billion dollars <laughs> right um there was a scene where ant-man like right before thanos uh mm-hmm shoots at like the windows and he shrinks it, like those connections right yes. here i was like oh okay i see that n- nice little detail he shrinks so yeah. he doesn't get the full impact we know where endgame got it from we know you were watching we avatar know. a few years ago <laughs> before you made this billion You're dollar like, hey, movie yes so to wrap up the zuko storyline for this episode mm-hmm. we have iroh going to meet with zhao and saying oh yes i know who did it it was the pirates and Zhao gives his little <laughs> smirk, thinking he got away with it. And little does he know, Zuko is on his ship with Iroh. And Iroh has essentially yes. been like, no, I am going to do everything I can to help you get the Avatar before Zhao. So if anybody is not on Team Iroh, you're just wrong. He knows that exactly. Zuko's quest yeah. isn't the perfect thing for Zuko to do. It, he knows that Zuko doesn't need the redemption from his father. But he is just like, no, you try to blow up my nephew, we are going to do everything to destroy you. So Elgin, I was really hoping that we did not get the reveal that Zuko lived in this episode. And I wasn't even going to put that there was firebending on the bingo board to even throw you off. Because I would have been like, oh, no, there's no firebending. Zuko is gone. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry, Elgin. That would have hurt me if I didn't catch that. (laughs) All right. So... The next big storyline we have for this is we have finally made it to the northern to the northern water tribe. After 18 episodes, they have finally made it. And the first thing that they see when they get there, Sokka's getting a crush on Yue. And is the first thing, and is it's one of my favorite storylines for the rest of the season, really, is the relationship that they like start forming, like their friendship right there. Because you see immediately from the first time they sit down next to each other at that table, they are blushing the entire time. Uh, not Zuko. Sokka's trying to make the moves on her, and Katara's doing that little sister thing where she's just going to make fun of you the entire time. Elgin, what did you think of Yue as a character so far that we've seen from her? um i like her character a lot um the only complaint that i did have between that uh, those two is that it kind of moved a little bit too quick so Mm -hmm. i wish they would have gotten a little bit more moments but i i liked it still it was pretty i'm glad Sokka found somebody so i'm i'm glad that you made the point that it moved pretty quickly because for some reason i kept thinking they made it to the northern water tribe a lot sooner 
So mm-hmm. I yeah. really thought that they had more time to grow and connect yeah. as people. So when I realized that it was episode 18 and they were just starting to talk with each other, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Elgin, at the same point as you, was like, this is really fast. They are moving mm-hmm. very quickly in their relationship right here. But I'm still, like, we still have a very good, we, have, we still have two more episodes, and I think they're a little bit longer than normal, so you still have time for anything to develop between them, Elgin. You'll be good. Okay. All right, Gunnar, are you ready to talk about Ugh. how awful the Northern Water Tribe is for their treatment of women who are waterbenders? It's, honestly, to me, though, as bad as it is, I almost like these plot lines. I love when they do that because one thing they are good about is they don't just think oh just as you're a waterbender you're a female you're absolutely useless don't mm-hmm. do anything they do say at least oh go into healing they give a bit of a lesser position but they don't even let them learn any kind of defensive techniques at least so it's awful but i love seeing this plot lines because you see the challenge that will go through this society and have to evolve and adapt and i love watching that almost more than just mm-hmm. a naturally oh yeah everyone's equal no big deal you don't get to see that growth no and I really liked the parallel that seeing that part of their society was versus the parallel from the South Pole, where there's, there are pretty much no similarities between the Southern Water Tribe and the Northern. The Northern, huge. South Pole, there were maybe 20 people in that village. Barely. Water, or the, yeah, exactly. The Northern Water Tribe, it seemed like almost everybody was a bender. And in the South, South Pole, Qatar is the only one. So already there's just so many different... Um, like variations between the two tribes where yeah seeing them not let women do any bending like at least in offense like you were saying gunner is kind of like oh wow i completely understand why katara's grandmother left because you have mm-hmm. very bad ideas mm-hmm. on how to run your like government like for a country yeah country is pretty much yeah mm-hmm. so that's one storyline that also gets thrown in here. We finally find the origin of Katara's necklace. It was not Katara's oh. mother. It was Katara's grandmother who was from the Northern Water Tribe. That I, I always think that it's interesting that she never told Katara and Sokka that she's from the North Pole, especially when they were leaving to go and find the North Pole. Do you guys think there was a reason for that besides the, how they treated the women waterbenders? Or do you think she's like, no, that was just a part of my life that happened and there's really no point to it ever being brought up, really? What about you, Elgin? What did you think of their grandmother just not telling them about her past? Um, I kind of almost left it up to plot hole. (laughs) Yeah. It could also be that maybe that was just a chapter in her life that she maybe just wanted to leave behind and that's why she Mm -hmm. didn't tell Katara and Sokka. Mm -hmm. What about you, Gunnar? Do you think, do you chalk that more up kind of like a plot hole or do you think that it was something they kind of intended for the whole time? I chalk it up to that is my path and my story. This is your journey and your adventure mm-hmm. because you never know. They could have okay. gone in with this mindset that the North tri- Northern Water Tribe was so misogynistic and they get there and it's, they could have had a queen and a, mon- and a matriarchy and they'd be like, oh, this is not the same water tribe. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you said it was misogynistic right there, good, very good segue right there for me. Thank you where, like they've said before, they don't allow women to do, like, offensive waterbending, and they only do healing, and one thing that they decide to do, Aang and Katara, is, oh, Aang, whatever Paku, who is the master waterbender there, whatever he teaches you, 
you can just teach me at night. Doesn't go as they planned. Paku sees them the first night of them trying to sneak behind <laughs> his back. And they so go to the council for the Northern Water Tribe and say, hey, make him take Aang back. And they say, oh, well, maybe if you apologize to Paku, then maybe he'll, he'll take you back for it. And the thing that I love that sets them off is Paku says, I'm waiting, little girl, because Katara was going to do it. Katara was going to apologize for Aang's sake. But the fact that he called her little girl after everything they've been through this season, after everything that has happened to her before, that was her breaking point. And I loved that for her. And I loved that she was not afraid to completely challenge him to a fight Mm -hmm. that realistically, there's no real way she should have been able to win that where she's a 14 year old girl who just pretty much started waterbending within like the last three years. And Paku's a 60 something year old who's been waterbending as a master his entire life mm-hmm. where Katar's like, I'm not afraid to fight you. I will do it no matter what. Gunner, I know you are sitting on pins and needles ready to talk about this. So go ahead and take it away. This is your part. Go ahead. <laughs> It's just, it's even the line that she has that she says, I don't care. I'm standing up for what's right. And I love that because we obviously know Katara mm-hmm. is always the one fighting for the underdog, fighting for what's right in the world. And it's a matter of calling him out and showing it and hoping to inspire other women around her to try this because you see how, how you said it's a misogynistic so badly that they can't even learn this from a friend like, oh, cool, check out this cool trick yeah. I learned today in practice. You cannot know any type of offensive or defensive waterbending but healing. And also, let's just say she's basically a side-of-the-road kind of oaky water tribe southerner who just learned it from pushing and pulling snow around to holding her own against a water master. She didn't win that fight, but she got her licks in. She held her own. And that shows how much natural ability and strength that girl has in her. Yeah, and even during their fight, when she freezes the water and starts throwing them at discs, if you see the look oh. on Paku's face in the reflection as the disc goes past, <laughs> he is like, oh, she is much better than I ever would have thought she could have mm-hmm. been. So already right there, she has already proven, even though I'm a girl, I can fight just as well. She's better than Aang. She is a much yes. better water better than Aang ever could have been. And the only reason mm-hmm. he's learning is because he's the Avatar Elgin. What did you think? Because this is the first fight that we've uh-huh. ever seen <laughs> between two waterbenders. We've seen water versus fire. We've seen fire versus fire and air versus fire. What did you think of the first waterbending fight that we've finally got to see? I thought it was great. And all I, I, I was just watching that whole entire scene. I was like, whoa, Katara is that girl. Like, <laughs> she is the one. And I was watching um, the counterpart and how angry she was getting and how everything mm-hmm. like from the floor to the water and the canisters is getting affected. And this is gonna be a little bit of a reach, but I, Katara reminds me of Arya Stark on Game of Thrones, kind of <laughs> how they're at the beginning stage and there's some, they're like one of those people that don't fit the profile of regular people. Like they're they're yeah, usually around, um, like her, Arya Stark compared to her sister, you know, she's very submissive in the beginning and she's not really a fighter and you can tell Arya Stark is different she wants to fight and that's like that parallel to Katara and 
just seeing how Arya Stark became the person she is, not saying, you know, Katara is going to poison, you know, whole villages and people or anything, but I'm just really excited to see her progression throughout the next seasons because I know she's going to be just a complete boss at the end of it. So it was great to see that. No, it's, I really like this as the first ever waterbending fight that we see. I mm-hmm. love the fact that obviously they're living in the North Pole and snow is just uh, more solid water and they are able to just pull water from the ground right next to them Mm -hmm. from the jugs of water that they just have sitting around, which doesn't make sense to me because if you can just pull water from the ground, why do you need water so readily available like that? But I love, pretty much, yeah. I love how intuitive they were with it. Where Katara, when she's on top of that one pillar, she freezes her feet to the pillar so she's not going to move the fact that Qatar was just skating on the water and just like skating and running on there like faster than anybody normally could have run and Paku turns the water she threw at him just into snow like just visually I think the water bending fights are some of the better fights that we are able to see throughout this episode or throughout this series really like Gunner, do you kind of, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Earthbending is fun because you see such like such destruction and just it's total chaos because it's it's the literal earth around you. But water mm-hmm. is so visually pleasing because it smashes. You see, it's like waves in the ocean; they crash against each other, and that's how waterbending yep. is. Fire just builds on itself, but water literally crashes into each other and explodes and takes new angles with it. That's the funnest part about. Water. Water bending bites. Yeah, and they say that water is the element of just flowing and just going with the flow. And you saw how quickly both of them did that. You saw yes. how quick both of them were able to go from offense to defense. Uh, Katara would throw a water whip at Paku, and Paku would bring it right around him to deflect it on defense and bring it right back at her. So these two are master water benders in their own right. Katara is not a master water bender yet, but for someone who had the childhood that she did, like growing up with no other waterbenders, having to teach herself everything except for what she got in the waterbending scroll. She is a phenomenal like student that Paku should have been begging to be able to teach mm. her, honestly. So at the end, we find out that Paku was the one who Katara and Sokka's grandmother was supposed to get engaged with. That is the origin of the necklace. And it's like, oh, that's just I don't think that was really something that had to happen, but I kind of like that they finally gave us a purpose for the significance of Katara's necklace. And well, Elgin, this is not a spoiler. You're still going to hear about the necklace in coming seasons. <laughs> like they're, they're not just going to drop that from the show. Ever. Oh, oh yeah. so good. So after Katara almost kicks Paku's butt, he finally lets her join in the, um, in his class. And I kind of wished that they showed a few more women in the class at the end as well. So it'd be like, oh, there were clearly other female waterbenders who wanted to learn how, just they haven't been able to because it's a sexist government up there. So I was really, I couldn't remember if it happened or not, but I kind of get it. It goes with the joke at the end where she shows up late and he's like, what are you doing here? You're late. So a little bit of just banter there Mm -hmm. between them. All right, last thing that we really need to talk about, Sokka and Yue. Gunner, what are your thoughts on their relationship as of right now? 
it intrigues me as of right now i think it's like you said just for an episode you feel like Sokka just went in so smoothly and i said Sokka is clumsy the fact that he just slid into royalty with just no problem mm-hmm. i said that's that's called confidence and we stand that in the man we stand that yes elgin what do you think of the new character of ua as of right now um i think she's cool we'd love to see it but also isn't she about to bury somebody else so <laughs> yeah that's one thing i was like you you kissed him and you are engaged right now you you like Sokka a little bit more than you are just letting on right well. now <laughs> yeah so that's really all that happens that's all that happens in this episode it's a huge packed episode but the very last thing that we see in this episode is Zhao Ooh. with about 25 <laughs> warships heading to the North Pole yeah, they're about to get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> Elgin, I love your confidence. I love the confidence that you have for the Water Tribe. All right, so before we go into bingo, do you guys have any last thoughts about this episode? Gunnar, we'll start with you. It's just my, I don't know how y'all cannot say this is one of the best episodes in this whole season. It's just Oh, it definitely fantastic. is. Oh, it's it my definitely is. favorite. Mm-hmm. Elgin, what did you think of the episode before we move on to bingo? Um, I feel like I got all my thoughts out. I'm just ready for these next two episodes. Oh. Yeah, they'll, they'll be big ones for you. All right, so moving on to bingo. What do you guys think? Grant, okay, remember, we are on episode 18. We were one away last episode. Do you think we are one away again? Do you think we're pretty far off, or do you think we finally got it on episode 18? I think we were pretty close, but no. Okay. I think if I can remember the dialogue correctly, if Honor was mentioned or Zhao mocked Zuko, then yes, because we have at least three elements. So that's at least three corners. All right. Ryan, go ahead and bring it up. Guys, we did not <laughs> get bingo for this again. And Gunnar, we actually what? did we did not have three elements this episode. We did not have any airbending. Now, it was purely just the firebending, which we would, we were so close to only having one element this episode. If Zuko hadn't done the fireball around himself, there would have been no firebending. It would have just been waterbending. So if, if the bison whistle had been used, we would have had bingo for this. All right, everyone. So for our listeners, what we got on our top row, we had waterbending, which obviously it was used constantly in this episode. We had angry Zuko which was Zhao trying to bait him by saying, I'm taking your crew. Then on line two, the only thing we had was Katara's mother's necklace. Obviously, that was a big plot point for this episode. For line three, we had Angry Katara, which I think Angry Katara for this, I think this is my favorite Angry Katara of this whole season. We had our free space, and then we had new animals. And this time we had a koala otter, which was the first thing we see at the very beginning. It's just the great thing just floating in the water there. And then we have a buffalo yak, which is what some of the people were riding, which is apparently, yeah, which is apparently like their national animal of the Northern Water Tribe. And I was like, okay, cool. On line four, we have Iroh drinking tea again, which was great. We hadn't had that one in a long time. Yeah, it was having tea with Zhao when they were having their conversation. Boomerang was not thrown. But at the very beginning, when the water tribe surrounds um, 
the crew before they get into the tribe. Uh, why do I keep calling him Zuko? Sokka grabs the boomerang. So I was going to give it to them. I was like, you were, you were getting ready to throw them. You can get the credit. Line four, we did have firebending, which I had to check a couple times to make sure you did it. We had new animals. Oh, excuse me. We had new characters, which was line three. So we have Princess Yue. We have Arnok, who is Princess Yue's father and the Northern Water Tribe leader. And then we have Master Paku. And then finally, we have a flashback, which was Zhao seeing, when he sees Zuko's swords, he has a flashback to the prison fight as the Blue Spirit. And I forgot how, I forgot how much I like the look of the Blue Spirit. I right. really think that that is a good look for Zuko to have, and he should have kept it up <laughs> a lot longer than he did. Uh, All right, so that's it for this episode for us, guys. Before we wrap up, Elgin, what are your predictions for the final two episodes of the season, episodes 19 and 20? Yes. What are your predictions? Um, I don't think they would be remiss not to have the Avatar stay in the last two episodes. So I feel like we're going to get that. Yeah, we haven't I seen that in like, a while. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's going to be a fight between Zuko and Zhao. Um, okay. I'm hoping that the Water Tribe wins. The, the <laughs> war battle or whatever you think season and one might end on a sad note you know what I, after this past week playing like the last of us two i i who knows <laughs> um <laughs> and then maybe Sokka and ua become a relationship all right those are some pretty solid ones remember those for next week and I can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait to see your reactions to Season the final finale. two episodes. Oh, oh I th- it's going to be so fun to see your reactions on the show. All right. Well, guys, that wraps it up for us today. Thank you so much for tuning back in. We know we've been off for a little bit, but as of right now, we are still planning on being back next week for the final two episodes. So tune in again, five o'clock Pacific time, and it is going to be an absolute blast. Thank you so much for joining me. Gunner, where can people find you online? Thank you all for tuning in and make sure if you want to continue the conversation on social media, you use the hashtag, hashtag Sozin's comments, S-O-Z-I-N-C-O-M-M-E-N-T-S. Haven't sold that in a while. Thank you so much for <laughs> FlyFlip87 and Daniel Drew for being in the live chat with us. And you can find me on all social medias at the Gunner Thomas. Elgin, where can people find you online? Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Elgin underscore ball. And you guys can find me online on Twitter and Instagram at EricJewel11. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to AfterBuzz, the ESPN of TV talk. And we will see you guys next week. Until then, have a good one, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.